space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. And welcome back to the Vampire Movie Minute podcast covering Life Force, the next generation. And I'm your host, Dr. Chris. <laughs> I'm Scott Danielson. And tonight we are talking once again about Sir Patrick Stewart in an awesome role. <laughs> but we're also talking about the beginning of these five minutes being Carlson Kane showing up at the Redhead's apartment looking for the vampire and it ending with our entire cast uh, entering a padded cell. So we start off with, let me turn the music down. There we go. It, um, they enter the apartment and right off the bat, the first thing that grabs me is sitting right on her wall. Who is that late, great singer? And of course. Uh, that is, that is the late, great David Bowie, who uh, famously had a character on the cover of Aladdin, uh, Aladdin Sane, which was called the star child. And, <laughs> and then also had a song called star mads. So, Perfect mix for uh, Space Girl. <laughs> gotcha, right. And uh, also a picture of a tiger. And then on the far left of the wall, I couldn't make out who that is. It's some type of like court jester or something? Or some yeah, type of harlequin? Of a, yeah, it's a bit of a clown or marionette. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Carlson immediately is calling this woman a, ma- uh, um, um, a masochist. She likes pain. She likes being hurt. Mm-hmm. She get up. She gets yeah, off on is... it. Oh fucking Christ! Yeah, we get a weird. On. Yeah, we've never. It, we we now somehow learn that Carlson's able to read minds apparently with anybody who's been in contact or hosted Stargirl, so which we didn't know before. It's never really introduced. He's like, I can read her mind. She's a masochist. Trust me. And then he just starts. And then he. <laughs> My favorite is not actually him because that's all kind of weird and kinky, but. Uh, in the British accent, and of course, in the thick British accent, uh, uh, Kane sits down and goes, well, I'm a natural boy. Yeah, I'll stay. <laughs> like, and just sits down to wait and watch. <laughs> I like to watch. <laughs> Pretty much what he says. Yeah, and then he strips her and turns her around, and she's got, like, scratches all over her back. Do you think that was from, like, screwing somebody? That looks like, well, see, I would say no, but... Very short but quick story. At one point, I had a friend in college, uh, a friend of a friend brought, like, a friend brought her friend to stay the night. He hooked up with her, and the next morning we saw him, and it looked like his back had been attacked by a wolverine. So that could be the throes of passion, but it doesn't look the most fun. No, but don't forget, she was making out with somebody apparently naked in the park, and the two guys, the two boys wanted to catch a glimpse of some lesbian action, remember? Yeah, and then there was the guy, I think his name is uh, Ned Price or something like that, uh, the guy in the Volvo, so I don't know, he doesn't. He seems very sheepish, sheepish about the whole thing, which could just be him being British and ashamed, but I don't know. And he was also much older, too. Yes, very true. Um, Kane looks like he wants to stop it every five minutes, but he's like, nope, nope, I actually still want to watch. <laughs> yeah it's kind of one of those uh it's like one of those uh, courtroom dramas like stop stop i want to see where this goes like that's kind of the attitude he has um when the girl finally passes out this whole scene and they put her to bed reminds me of 
because he figures out there's nothing in there. The vampire has left, but she's still alive, and she's not turning into a shriveled corpse either, which is kind of odd. Um, mm-hmm. It reminds me of the scene when Peter Venkman puts Dana to bed in Ghostbusters. That's exactly what I was thinking of, too. It's a very similar outfit, and just kind of like, oh, what a lovely singing voice you must have. Um, there is no Dana, only Zool. There you go. <laughs> Boy, I cannot do that again. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and then uh, I, uh, one of my favorite little details is that if once he puts her down in her nightgown after he's basically like ripped her clothes off and called her a masochist in front of somebody else, <laughs> there's like a little little poster above her bed where it says like the best friend sleep over or something <laughs> like that. Then they decide to go to the asylum. They look up this Jeffrey Sykes and they get Patrick Stewart back involved. Why do they need this guy? Or do it's not yet explained. This isn't the old man in the car, right? Because they talk about yeah, him previously. Yeah, it's unclear. I think they're basically just like, yeah, I think the, the idea is that they assume that uh, this nerd had it, and now it's it's going to work its way through the asylum for the criminally insane, and the last thing we want is a sex offender to go in rare like That's the logic. It's not very well explained. Even Patrick Stewart's voice when he even says, I see, and then, all right, let's go. That just, even the way he says, I see, it is just, just, just enough. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a lot of dialogue, but just him saying, I see, in his Patrick Stewart voice. And they want to pre-hypnotize the person, um, and they all get together. And, of course, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart's character, yeah. um, what's his name? Patrick one of I think you can tell his name is Doctor Dr. Armstrong. All right, so Doctor Armstrong oh, sorry. has um I don't know if he's a taxidermist, but he's got some uh, uh, animal heads hanging up <laughs> in his office. Uh, maybe that's yeah, just the British big... way. <laughs> I don't know if you'd put yeah, that in a psych ward. Yeah, it's a very curious office for uh, yeah, it's a curious office for a guy who runs a psych ward. It's kind of like e- e- the last thing you want is anything that could intimidate people. <laughs> Right, and they bring everyone to the padded room. My my biggest question is, why the hell is Carlson still here? I mean, he is a victim of the vampire. He should have been sent home, but maybe because of his psychic connection, they're keeping him along. That's the only explanation. It's that whole thing with like, we got to keep bringing Mina with us because Mina has a connection to Dracula, and that's what this whole thing feels like. It's it feels like Van Helsing is doing that to keep the connection strong. Because if he gets a, a bout of sexual pleasure, all of a sudden, they're going to figure out that she must be nearby. Yeah, something like that. What's interesting is that uh, Mina is in the Dracula tale. She's used as bait pretty quickly. Like, they, they're they basically trying to sucker Dracula in so they can attack him. Stop. And, so- um, and then they all enter the padded room. And that's pretty much the five minutes ends as they enter the room. Who is the yep. orderly, by the way? Oh, I don't have that. Off the top of my well, see if you can look looking. that up on IMDb real quick. I have a quick little review here of Life Force from the Essential Monster Movie Guide, a century of creature features, film, TV, and video by Stephen Jones, with an introduction by Forrest J. Ackerman. This is from 1999, so we're going back in time a little ways. Oh wow! Loosely based on Colin Wilson's novel, The Space Vampires, Hoopy, uh, Hoop, Hoopy. <laughs> Hooper lively blend of science fiction horror begins like Alien, turns into a remake of Quartermass in the Pit, and ends up looking like a hammer gothic tale. When a gigantic alien spaceship is discovered in the cone of Halley's Comet, three humanoid bodies are returned to Earth. Pretty soon, an alien uh, vampire woman 
May, has turned most of London into rampaging, blood-sucking zombies. A wooden cast, first ludicrous SAS officer and Finley sub Van Helsing, laughable script by Dan O'Bannon, and the unconvincing makeup are the only thing that saved John Dykstrom's impressive optical effects. Originally planned to be filmed in 3D, this cost $25 million and looks like 1950s British B-movie. Um, gave, they gave it two stars out of five. I mean, I, I, I kind of don't blame them. I'm kind of surprised there's very little mention of how much nudity is in the film. Oh, in that article? Yeah. I mean, it's just a quick little paragraph, too, in the side of this book, because I have hundreds of other movies they need to get through in it. Do we find out who the orderly is? I, I'm looking for a listing. I don't see anything, really. Do we do we see anybody that matches his description? <laughs> no, there's there's nothing. Uh, <laughs> there, yeah, nothing. There's nothing really there. It's uh, unless they are a technician or just doctor, but that I don't think that's correct. Right. All right. Well, that's all the t- notes I have here for these five minutes of the Vampire Movie Minute podcast. How about you, Scott? No, that's all I had as well. They all just are looking upon this guy, and then we end. Yep. And we'll be back uh, next week with another five minutes, exciting five minutes, as we continue our journey with Sir Patrick Stewart in this amazing science fiction movie, which I guarantee he thinks about fondly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can find us on the Vampire Movie Minute podcast on Twitter and Facebook and our individual Twitters at ChrisDSAV. And I'm at Scott C. Danielson. Don't forget, you can send us an email, thatradiopower at gmail.com. If you have any questions, notes, or corrections about the show, or anything you want to add about the movie that we haven't covered, don't forget, we're still in the middle of the movie, so there might be something we didn't cover that we will recover later on in case we missed it. Just keep that in mind. So, And we'll be back next week with another five exciting minutes of the film Life Force. <laughs>